Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keuchel Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner... White Sox fans, welcome into Sunday Fun Day with Sox on Tap. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese. Tony, how you doing, my man, this fine afternoon? Johnny, I mean, the White Sox won a ball game, not by uh, the, the way that you would like to see them win a baseball game, but they won a baseball game. We're talking about it. I've got a couple of beers here, and I'm just, uh, I guess I'm happy they won a baseball game today. And avoid the sweep, although I think there's plenty to pick apart from this one. Johnny, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, we do have a lot to pick apart, especially after, you know, uh, losing 3-4 over the weekend to the Orioles. But, okay, today isn't today's result. I am happy about that. You know, wasn't the prettiest, as the title of our show is. Won it ugly. Uh, they did win it very ugly uh, with that uh, kind of ninth inning scare there. But um, at the end of the day, it is in the left-hand column. So I can make peace with that for right now. <laughs> I mean, you have to at, at this point, uh, you know, they, they don't come cheap. Um, it seems like for the White Sox. So uh, if they get one in the in the left hand column, as you as you like to say, I'll take it for right now. Yeah, right. Uh, let, let's talk about today's game first itself, because very standout performance, man. Dylan Cease, anyone deserves a round of applause. Uh, Dylan Cease, man, uh, career high, 13 strikeouts today. Um, obviously, just a outstanding outing from him. Uh, he went seven innings, four hits, one earned run, one walk, 13 Ks, and one run that he allowed was on a home run. So, Tony, outstanding stuff. Ace shit from Dylan Cease. Absolute ace shit from Dylan Cease is, is the, the right way to – just describe that. I mean, the curveball was absolutely filthy today. Uh, he was just all sorts of on. I know the you would think that the Baltimore Orioles lineup after watching them play in Chicago for the past four days is is a superstar lineup. Uh, but, uh, you know, Dylan Cease carved him up um, as he should have. And we talk on the show about going out there and your ace being the guy that stops the bleeding. I think you can hand the ace, at least for right now, uh, roll over to Dylan Cease. Right, absolutely. He showed up today and absolutely shopped. Right, game ball, 100% to Cease. There's mm-hmm. no, no doubter. I was listening to a little bit of it on the radio uh, as I was in transit during some of it. And uh, it was, you know, uh, Len and, or excuse me, Connor McKnight and DJ. So they agreed as well. Uh, no doubt. Dylan Cease, player of the game. Um, it, it was just refreshing to see that you talk about stopping the bleeding. The White Sox were bleeding profusely before this. So uh, they absolutely needed it from Dylan Cease. He delivered, Tony. Um, your boy, Kevin Sheets, also delivered. First runs of the ball game, man. Jose Bray gets out with the single. Kevin Sheets lights it up uh, down the right field line. How nice was that for you? How, how excited were you after that happened? Oh, I just feel so hashtag back right now, Johnny, and I hope Gavin does as well. It's fantastic uh, to see him come back up. He's had a really 
horrific start to the season. Uh, I know he did some damage down in Charlotte, but it's just good to have uh, my guy back in the lineup and doing some damage the way he should be. Uh, you know, the helmet was a, was a, was a thing there for him yeah. for just a minute. And, uh, you know, you're providing fireworks. That's a good thing. As Steve says, ball go far, team go far. Uh, it's good to see the start of a little bit of that. Um, I'm going to hold my breath on the rest of the White Sox uh, offensive uh, lineup here in terms of leaving the ballpark. But good to see my guy Gavin starting to, you know, put a couple two tree together. Yeah, right. What was that, the first time since Monday that the White Sox have hit a home run, I believe? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they did when they came Tuesday, but they, I don't think they left the yard in that one either. So, yeah, yeah good, good for Gavin Sheets providing, A, that pop from the left side uh, that we all want to see, and then, B, give, giving you some fireworks, man. That's outstanding. Uh, you'll, you'll love to see that. Um, other than that, you know, you have uh, Lenin Sosa uh, in the mix today. I know you guys talked a little bit uh, about, you know, kind of first impressions here uh, of Sosa, but he collects his first major league hit. So, hey, if there's something to celebrate in this game along with Dylan Cease and Gavin Sheets home run, Lenin Sosa, congratulations. Always a big milestone. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see him get in there again today and just, uh, you know, put that ball uh, in a spot where he can wind up for extra bases. I know in the scorebook, they all look the same uh, for the first hit, but uh, it's it's definitely awesome to see it go for extra bases. I know he reached base yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, this one actually officially scored a hit, uh, Johnny, and it's it's just good to see him get that first one, you know, yeah. like especially in a win, too. Right, yeah, and, and, and they'll remember forever. Right, it's like kind of a, a threshold that you break, and then hopefully that can lead to, um, you know, uh, it obviously didn't take him too too long here uh, to get this, but uh, gives you a little bit of confidence. And it was a nice little approach there, man. Uh, you know, inside out uh, on that pitch, so it's showing that he can do things, go the other way, hit it where they ain't, uh, as the uh, youths like to say. So, um, all right, the rest of this game though, man, uh, you get nice inning from Kelly uh, after that uh, scoreless, no drama there. I uh, did give up a couple of hits, but hey, uh, it did not result in anything coming across the plate. And then it was in the ninth, man. Why do we have to do this to ourselves? Like we're going back to the title episode, won it ugly. Well, it was really ugly in the ninth. You got Kendall Graveman on, you got Jose Abreu making two errors. What this is just so, I mean, I would say uncharacteristic of him, but it's the White Sox and they can't make anything easy on us. It always has to be this way. Why? Why? I don't know. I I, I wish I had the answer to this question, uh, Johnny, but uh, I'm sitting here asking it myself too. It, it just makes no sense. This team had, you know, a, a nice comfortable lead and just going back right before the sitting starts, Jake Berger has bases loaded, one out, Grounds into a double play to the third baseman. I mean, man, right there you could have broke the thing open and just, like, cruised home a little bit, and it wouldn't have been as, I guess, dramatic uh, as it was in the ninth. But it just seems like every single time, and that's why, you know, we, we joked before we got on the microphone here today, uh, you know, I was fully prepared in that ninth inning to be coming on here and talking about another loss. and That feels shitty. I, I don't like that. I, I don't like that kind of confidence. I don't like that kind of uh, mentality. Um, th- they end up winning this ball game, but you, you're right. Like, why does it always have to be so hard? Why? Like, what can they do to just have that easy ball game? And even, uh, you know, uh, Len and Stone are talking about this on the broadcast. They don't want the drama. We've had enough of it this year. And, and again, here's some ninth inning drama. Uh, it, it's been that way all year, and it just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yes, we, t- we said that there's 
There's the result goes in the left-hand column, but Johnny, that ninth inning scared the shit out of me. I, I think I'd feel a lot better about this one had they closed this down a lot more clean. Yeah, I, I saw a funny tweet, a little shout out here to uh, everything White Sox. Um, I saw a funny tweet because it kind of just, you know, th- this whole mentality we ask, you know, why does it have to be this way? Before it was after Cease, we knew he was coming out right after seven. We knew that they were going to go to the pen here and, you know, Kelly was up. So he had said, oh, uh, too bad Sox are going to ruin it for Cease because uh, Graveman and Kelly haven't pitched in 20 years. That's how I felt as well going into it. Yeah, it's that's that's a double edged sword too, right? Because when we've had Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman in, there, there's been their fair share of of dramatics, um, you know, with even the bullpen A squad, I guess if you want to call them that, uh, this year so far, Johnny and I, I, I don't know about utilization. I, I don't know about if they're dealing with nagging injuries. We talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday. You've got a bunch of guys who are only running out, you know, uh, pure singles. If, if it's close, you're just supposed to pull up, and that's under trade. Like, what's going on on the pitching side? That's something that I want to know. What is going on with some of these guys in the bullpen? Because they've been kind of coy about all this throughout the year. It, it takes a little bit of pressing in order to get actually what's going on. I, like, I, I'm not sitting here saying that Joe Kelly and, and Kendall Graveman are dealing with stuff, but you've also seen IL stints for Joe Kelly. You've seen Kendall Graveman not, you know, uh, be as crisp as he could. Are, are both of those guys pitching under Durant? Like, are, like, what's going on here? So, yeah, fair question. It's, 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 it's interesting right now. Right. Fair question. We, we don't know unless we're flying the wall in the White Sox training staff or uh, bullpen or dugout, whatever. So, um, Tony, at the end of this game, obviously White Sox win 4-3, uh, take this one home, avoid the sweep at the hands of the Orioles. Uh, Steve Stone, during the exit, during the exit, Len Casper, Steve Stone, he says, oh, you know, you salvaged this one and you look at three and four, not uh, a horrific homestand. I thoroughly disagree. Just my personal opinion. I thoroughly disagree with Mr. Stone. And this was an absolutely horrific homestand. I want to know your thoughts. I would say that this homestand was was not great, Bob. Um, you needed to be five and two, right? Like you needed you needed to be not in the you know loss column more than the win column here. Uh, the Sox have been terrible at home so far this year. Uh, more often than not, they got a losing record at home. Uh, that's not what you want to see. This team was great at home last year. Uh, don't know what the what the tune is. It feels like. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, it's baseball. It's one of those sports where you've got most advantage uh, just being the home team. You get last bats. You get yep. that extra opportunity. Um, I just I, I feel like something just hasn't gone right for them when they're at 35th and Shields this year. And I would say, Johnny, this is not a pleasant homestand. There no. was plenty of, mm-hmm. of upset in this, and there's plenty of reason to be pissed off by it. Uh, you're playing the Orioles. This is, I mean, granted, the Orioles are uh, came in here and, and and gave the Sox some hell, but it's a team that you should beat. Yes, it's absolutely a team that you should beat, uh, and this should have been a, a three and one series for the White Sox, uh, not the other way around. Right. Um, so That's- that in and of itself. I would say yeah. and- precludes it for being an okay homestand. It was a bad homestand. And 
winning homestands are cool and tough. This was lame and weak. I like the way you put that there. In terms of the numbers, yes, three and four is better than if they would have gotten swept here today, and then you're going, you know, two and five here. Um, But the White Sox hate momentum. They hate it. They can't. They can't have it. They hate Lady Mo. Get, get her out of here. They hate it. Nice little three game set against the Blue Jays. You take two or three. Look really good in those first two games. Um, and then you come out and you lose the first three of the Baltimore series. Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson, dust up. Uh, that maybe motivates you for one day. Go and sweep a doubleheader the next day against you know the best team in baseball. Come home and get fucking shellacked by Boston. Let up sixteen runs twice. Um. He had the the winning streak. The only time I can remember that they actually rode with Mo was the very very beginning of the season, right at the you know the end of the Tiger series through those first couple other series back at home, and then that winning streak that happened was at the Cubs series and then into Boston. That's the only time they've ridden with Lady Mo. Other than that, they hate her. They, they, they hate momentum, Tony. I, I'm I'm going to go back and add another one. You go and chase Justin Verlander, one of the best pitchers in yes. baseball against one of the best teams in baseball and then you couldn't follow that up when you were in houston uh it, it stinks man every time you think this team's taking like one step forward there's two steps back immediately can't have that three this weekend no no yep it, it's, it's, it's rough right i, I could have dealt with the, the two or three from toronto so they, they did their job in that series but the, this weekend overall still by all counts a, a disaster in my book you just cannot yeah i can't have it you can't have that against the orioles these are teams that you should beat we, we talk about a lot of you know do some bum slaying like you talk about the royals and stuff well these teams that are not in your division but are still you know lower down in the standings granted this is not too much of a disparity right now with what the white Sox are doing middling here but you just got to take care of it. Take care of business. And then that can help you generate some momentum. So if you don't, you're not going to have it, maybe you inadvertently get it by just taking care of business on a day-in, day-out basis. It's just so frustrating uh, to watch them not be able to do that. And then now, when I'm talking about this, as, as we're looking ahead to this week, there's not an easy task here. You had your easy series this weekend, and you blew it. And now you don't have an easy one at all going into Anaheim. Uh, and you got three against the Angels and Shohei Otani's pitching um, on Wednesday. So good luck. That's all I have to say to him. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to start to break away and look ahead here. Oh, Luke, Johnny, oh, guess what? Lucas Giolito's pitching for the White Sox on Monday, too. So that, I'm sure that inspires so much confidence in everybody here. Well, Lucas Giolito's going to need to get out here and get the job done. You know that he is going to be feeling it after the last few ball games that he's pitched in, Johnny. But I have no faith right now. None whatsoever. Yeah. In Lucas Giolito taking the mound here and continuing the momentum. Um, I hope to be eating my words uh, at some point. I'm, I'm assuming uh, on one of these late night socks on tap post game shows, uh, I would assume it's going to be you and I uh, at, at, at talking about this one uh, tomorrow, late night after a couple of beers. I hope we're not talking about Lucas Giolito having an implosion on the mound. But as of right now, looking ahead, man. I feel like that's that's what we're going to be doing. And, I, again, I don't like that. I didn't like the feeling of coming, like thinking that I was going to be coming on here talking about a ninth-inning uh, blown game. I don't like the fact that we're going to be sitting here thinking that Lucas Giolito could potentially blow this one tomorrow and, and have another implosion on the mound. I don't want to do that. I, I just don't. Um, but is there anything out there? Is there a hint of evidence that's out there somewhere in the ether that that's not a possibility for tomorrow night, Johnny? Um, with Lucas Giolito, it will be about how those mechanical adjustments come into play and how well can he harness those, Tony? That's really, I do believe that. So I, I, I take his word for it 
when he talks about it because there are certain things he had to alter after his start against the Blue Jays on Wednesday. Steve and I discussed it a little bit. So if you want to go back, you can go and check it out on the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube page as well when we talk about uh, just look for the one on Giolito there. But it's the I wonder if the Steve brought this up. I'll repeat it to you. See what your thoughts on it. I wonder if the muscle that he added in his lower body isn't letting him fully adapt to these mechanical changes that he wants and needs to make. That's an interesting, uh, you know, question here, dude. Like I, I, I really don't know, but you know, sometimes when your body changes, it's a little bit hard to make those small adjustments, um, especially within mechanics or fundamentals that uh, you've been doing for so long. You saw the mechanical adjustments that Lucas Giolito made um, that allowed him to pitch so well in, in 2019 and, you know, be one of those best pitchers in baseball. I, I, I love the, I love the guaranteed rate commercial. Maybe they need to bring that back. So Lucas can feel a little bit more confident who knows. Uh, but he, he's made enough mechanical adjustments over his white Sox tenure uh, to know when things really aren't working for him because you saw when he was at his most crisp um, and, and, you know, there's nagging injuries, there's long-term COVID effects. There's all sorts of things that can go into play here. Uh, to me with Lucas Giolito right now, Johnny, it, it's all about finding that consistency and the change up is Lucas Giolito's pitch. What's bothering me is that it seems like opposing hitters know when it's coming and they're ready for it. That's the biggest thing. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't say that he's tipping his pitches. Maybe it's a, a combination of mechanics and scouting reports out on Lucas Giolito. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, you're mixing catchers, You've got Reese McGuire, Sebi Zavala back there. Yasmani Grandal's not in there. There was all this talk about Lucas Giolito having a personal catcher. I think he's gotten away from that. I, I don't know if it's partially led to his kind of fall off. Um, I, I don't know. And I, that was something that we kind of ripped apart Lucas Giolito for on this show, Johnny, about like, oh, you've got to be able to pitch to Grandal. you got to be able to pitch to so-and-so. And now all of a sudden you're not getting the same results out of Lucas Giolito. You know, kind of got to balance some of that stuff. He's a guy that you you could absolutely tell needs to be comfortable on the mound, needs to be in his zone, in his right headspace in order to deliver the best performance that he can. You could tell that with body language. You could tell that by the way he reacts uh, when he gives up a hit, whether or not he's going to work around it or if that inning is going to become more damaging. There's a lot of telltale signs there. It's really rough to watch because right now it seems like that leash for him is so short um, that when he when something bad happens to Lucas Giolito on the mound, you can almost tell that he's like just right. in that it's mental gonna, space gonna spiral, where it's, right? it's going to spiral. And that's not what you want to see. You want to see him get that confidence back. You want to see him being able to work around, uh, you know, a two out single instead of it developing into a big inning. Um and, and that's where you just need to go because that's what aces do. That's mm -hmm. what top tier pitchers do. They can work around that stuff. You just haven't seen enough of it from Lucas Giolito this season. Right. Good, good rundown there. I would go a three step process here to if Lucas Giolito is going to bounce back this year, here's how it's going to get done. Harness those mechanical changes. We've already talked about that. That's one. Number two, he needs to work the slider in more. I know it's not a favorite pitch of his. I know he's a big changeup guy, but guess what? If they're sitting on that changeup, you got to give him something else. You got to give him something else. So utilizing the slider would be a fix that I would offer up. Once again, this is just my opinion. Number three, between the eyes. 
That mentality that he had against the Oakland A's in the 2020 wild card game one, bring that mentality and turn your season around. The White Sox fate will depend on it. Yep. Yep. And I like that you brought up the slider, Johnny. I think that, uh, you know, I was talking a little bit about the changeup. That's been his, his go-to kind of wipeout pitch. That's not working for him right now. So he needs to find something that he's going to be able to put hitters away with to end those at-bats. I mean, you see Dylan Cease today, perfect example, a guy that has multiple pitches that he can go put someone away. Michael Kopech also has multiple pitches, the high fastball or the slider that he works in there can go put hitters away. Lucas Giolito is just, it just feels like he's severely missing that pitch where he can absolutely just fool someone because they're sitting change up anytime they know they're down in account. And it just feels when you're watching this and that gets hit, it leads to lack of confidence. And that's my biggest thing. So I like that you brought that up, Johnny. I, I love your three-step plan to fixing Lucas Giolito. Uh, we'll see if he employs that in his next start. Yeah, and I think uh, a, a sign early on when, when I'm talking about number one of that, the mechanical stuff, last start I noticed from the very get-go, he obviously walked the leadoff hitter to start the game, but he was yanking even fastballs down. You know, you can see a slider, you know, go and maybe a change-up tails away, but he was yanking fastballs straight down into the dirt, hitting into the left-handed batter's box. If he's doing that again, we're going to be in for a long night. Uh, that's already a late night uh, against these Anaheim Angels. And, Johnny, I'm just interested. This just popped into my head. I'm curious for your thoughts. There was a game that we were at last season uh, that Lucas Giolito was injured in. Curious to see what his stats are before and, and mm, after yeah. that injury. You talk right. about yanking fastballs down and some of that other stuff. I remember he came up lame after he threw a pitch. Um, yeah, it was very end of actually, August. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember if he actually like slipped on that on that pitch or, or what happened there, but you know, some of those nagging things, you know, you throw, you throw a pitch and, and you, you, you just anything that can happen uh, to cause pain or whatever. I wonder if he's backed off some stuff and that's changed his mechanics since then, because I really honestly feel like towards the back end of last year and so far early on this year, it just hasn't been the same Lucas Giolito. I wonder if there's anything residual from that that changed mechanically. Yeah, no, but all, all fair points, Tony. But I, I was hit. We were having a little powwow uh, at the in lot B at the game and, and afterward. Um, me and Andrew Kinsler and NWI Steve, um, a little powwow. We were just talking socks, talking shop, obviously frustrated about the loss, but you know, enjoying some beverages over it while we commiserated. And a question that I brought up was that who do you think will be the White Sox comeback player of the second half? So your options right there when you're looking at, obviously, injuries here, you can go with Eloy Jimenez, you can probably go with Yohan Mankata, uh, Yasmani Grandal, given the bad start in the recent injury, Lucas Giolito, obviously, for the turnaround, um, if he's going to do that. And I guess you could go elsewhere, but those would probably be my main four candidates. And I was thinking about it to myself. I asked myself, I asked the question out loud, and I had to think about it myself. Out of that, though, I truly believe Lucas Giolito will be your comeback player out of those. If one of them's going to do it, once again, you could just have no one do it. And we continue this malaise that we're in, but I think he's the more most likely to be able to do that. So I'll put my eggs in that basket. Lucas Giolito will be the comeback player uh, of the second half. And when I say second half, probably still going to take him a little bit to figure it out. So I'd say after the all-star break. That's fair. I, I would like to see somebody on the offense be that comeback player of the year, Johnny. I think your White Sox rotation is sort of at this very moment, and, and things change so frequently with this team. Uh, I'm not as worried about the White Sox rotation as I am with this offense and, and some of the injuries and some of the scares that have happened here. Um, 
you know, I, I would love to see Yasmani Grandal hit 10 plus home runs in the second half of the season. Same thing with Johan Moncada, same thing with Eloy Jimenez. In fact, like I want more out of Eloy Jimenez than I do out of Moncada and Yasmani Grandal. I, but, but man, hit 20 home runs, please. Yeah. Somehow, some way. I, I know that's yeah, a tall task. Simply it's, hit the home runs. Yes, just, just hit the home runs. Simply do it. Simply do it. it. Just like park them on the Dan Ryan every single time you're at that. Uh, it's not too much to ask. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Every, sing, every single time. Like Shia Just do it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you're kind of right, though. Uh, the guy that's got the most, I, I would say, momentum, and that's something that we hate. Uh, as, as, as the, well, not, we, we hate the yeah, White Sox. Sox on tap it. likes it. Yeah, but, Sox yeah, on tap yeah, loves yeah. momentum. Uh, but the White Sox themselves, the guy that's got the most momentum and the most promise to do something like that, I would say is Lucas Chilito because he's got the largest body of work amongst this team so far this year. Um, he's been on this roller coaster. This is probably one of the lower points. I know I, I say that now, knock on wood, uh, that it can't go any lower, but. I think if he figures out how to start getting hitters out again, especially when he's leading in the count, some pitch starts working. Um, yeah, you're right. He could he could be dangerous down the stretch. Yeah, the, 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 I just had to bring it up. I wanted to have your opinions on it. So it's interesting that we both agree on that, even though we've been, you know, highly critical and frust- obviously critical of him past in, in years past and also now frustrated with them. I think everybody is frustrated with, he's probably frustrated with the results too, but I think it's just interesting. We've landed there. I've got a, just a couple comments on those other guys. Cause I was thinking about them and like, okay, could they possibly be this guy? I think Yasmani Grandal has the second best chance to do so because he was actually starting to show some signs. I know the overall numbers you go and look, it's bad. Okay. It's bad overall. Obviously we know. He's already a low average guy anyway, uh, him not doing anything really and not walking as much that really hurt him to start. But um, we saw last year with the injury, obviously it was different, a longer absence. He had a little bit of surgery that helped uh, things. And then when he came back, he was one of the most dangerous hitters in baseball from like end of August through uh, September. So there's that. He's got that going for him. And he did show those signs. He believe he had hits in like seven of eight games uh, before uh he went on the il with, with his most recent injury and they said it was the back spasms which were kicking down into his leg so he gets those clears up maybe the legs are underneath him again like we saw last year and he's hitting home runs that would be my number two number three yoan mancata uh has you know we, we saw the five hit game the five rbi game right before but that's not nearly a long enough stretch to be able to do it and i think he will get injured again with some ticky tack bullshit like he does all the time so I would just say he will he he may increase his production, but he won't be on the field enough to truly be the comeback player. Number four, I am not expecting one single thing from Eloy Jimenez this year. And anything else you get on top of it is gravy. There you go. That's my analysis of it. Love it. Love it. I, th- I think you're spot on with Eloy Jimenez. I think that's where most of the fan base is with him, Johnny. Um, sad to say it, but uh, you know, I, I hope he comes back and surprises. Uh, that's that's all I've I would, got to say on that. I'd love to be wrong. We, we love being wrong when it's going to benefit the White Sox yes. and make them play better on the field. I'd love to be wrong, but just from what we say, never get up for the letdown. That's just where I'm going to sit with Eloy Jimenez, and maybe I'll buy into the hype if he shows a, you know, a couple of stretches um, of A, solid hitting at the plate, and B, not laboring. I, I still wonder about that leg, man. I, I wonder. I really do. Hashtag negative Nani. I just think they rushed him. You and I discussed this when, when uh, Eloy had to get shut down from his first rehab assignment. I think they rushed it a little bit on that. I think they were a little over anxious on that. And it, 
I think that could bite him long term here. So I really, I'm just concerned. I am. It's fair. It's absolutely fair. I I would have to agree with uh, with that statement. Um, you know, I, he's he's back playing now. We'll see. We'll see how soon he returns. Yeah, right. And he is eligible to come off the IL. So obviously they want to build him up in Charlotte, which now this I will say this is the right thing that they're doing now. Do not rush this. Do not have him come up and re-injure it running to first base, trying to leg out a single like he got injured the first time. Um, so that, that, that's where I would stand on it. All right, Tony, any other general White Sox topics here you want to cover uh, as we are just about out of time? You know, Johnny, uh, general White Sox topics to cover right now, I would say that you've got a tall task over the next little West Coast trip. It was an abysmal homestand. We both, we both agree on that. Sox have been decent on the road, and the Sox have actually played some good teams well. I would expect that you go and take two out of three from L.A. Otherwise, it's going to continue to be ugly around these parts. Um, you've got really no other way than to start taking series again. This was one that really slipped away from you. It's I would say this is this has just been it's been so hard, man. To, to keep the faith, to keep pushing through, you still have a chance. I know it's that the, the calendar keeps turning. It just keeps turning every single day. But you've been better on the road. You, you did it against Verlander. If I'm trying to, like, look at, like, clues. Oh, you're right. I mean, taking two or like, three from the Yankees over a weekend yeah. series. They're the best team in baseball. That was a good – they played a good team well then. Yeah, so, like, that's where I'm at with, with this Angel series – I feel like this team has been taking these lower teams that they should be beating and taking care of business with a little bit too much for granted. And some of that is coupled with the injury factor. Um, You don't have your A lineup in every single day. And some of it is the fact that I feel like they're just the foot's not on the gas. Get your foot back on the gas and beat yeah, those teams, will, but it's easier. Like Johnny, yeah. you know this. It's it's easier to go play and get up for a game against a good team than it is yeah. against a, a a lesser team, and and that's why they keep getting beat. At least that's how it feels. I, I think you got to go take two or three from the Angels, and at some point, if this season is going to turn around, you need that turnaround moment. They've had plenty of opportunities yeah. to have that turnaround moment. At this point, you just got to continue to weather the storm. Taking two or three from the Angels is the only way, in my opinion, that you can salvage any sort of hope over the last stretch of like two weeks after what we just witnessed at right. home. So right. that's and my final thoughts, man. It sucks because, man, they had a chance to really just kind of push through. And then you could even like, you know, obviously you would be be happy with like dropping two of three in Anaheim. But if you had you know, taking did what you did two of three against Toronto and then three of four against Baltimore, you'd feel just a little better about all of that. Right. So now it's like really paramount to be able to do this. And then it's not easy over the weekend either. Um, when you go and visit the giants there on this little mini West coast swing before they'll be back for a stretch of games against the AL central. Um, Tony, I will say though, whatever may happen, whatever may come over these next few days, I know we Lucas Giolito and we're all worried about that tomorrow, but I am excited for the return of socks on tap after dark. You and I are going to get a little rambunctious this week, I think. I think we will. Um, I know this is a rather tame Sunday fun day. I think the ninth inning kind of mellowed us out, and we've all been uh, involved in our various weekend activities. But I'm getting excited for some late-night shows. We'll see you know, what other 
you know, folks hop on with us. We'll, we'll maybe there'll be a guest appearance. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Socks on tap after dark. These are going to be some late shows. I'm hoping that uh, our normal cast and crew, everybody that shows up in the in the comment section, joins us on YouTube, comes on out and hangs out. But if not, you can catch us on the podcast version the morning after. Um, and here's some ridiculous shit that goes on at like midnight or later. So yeah, yeah I mean, will be flowing. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you have a game that maybe is like high scoring or something, we could be talking about like a one a.m. Joe, possibly. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. really just with with these games, what do they start at? Is like nine. Uh, we got a couple it, at eight eight forty around. Yeah, okay, there. yeah, eight four. Okay, yeah. So it would take a little bit of a longer game. I forgot, but the weekend. Um, I, I just looking at the Giants ones. That then you got a nine fifteen one. I guess the next ones are day games uh, over that Saturday Sunday, but. Um, a little bit of socks on tap uh, after dark coming up. I'm looking forward to it, Tony. It'll be a good time uh, shooting the shit with you. As you had mentioned, uh, you know, listeners, uh, make sure you subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube. So then even if you are, got to turn in early, got work the next morning or whatever, uh, you can always go back. Uh, these shows will stay up on YouTube in the podcast version. And then um, wherever you listen to your podcast, too, uh, we also upload it shortly after uh, we get done recording these. So speaking of that, Tony, we are just about out of time here me one final thought and maybe pick the click for tomorrow and then we'll get out of here final thoughts let's have a better week next week that's it like let's have a better week next week it's it's there's still gonna be those moments man where you win an ugly baseball game and maybe we're not as, as like excited or happy about this as uh you know, we should be for a win but I feel like it's it's kind of warranted the the temperament's kind of warranted today I want to have fun this week it sucks yeah. on tap after dark these are it should be fun games it should, be fun. should be fun home runs great pitching good stuff to talk about yeah. that's what i want like i'm just gonna pray the baseball gods that we're doing mm-hmm. that this week that's my final thought yeah. uh, if i go into pick the click you know i haven't rode the gavin sheets pick to click train oh. all year more so here. he he did something today left the yard I like the way his swing looks right now. I'm going to go with my boy, Gavin Sheets, tomorrow. All right. Start piling up some home runs. Yeah. You know he wants to challenge his guy, Jake Berger. So let's start piling up those home runs. He doesn't want to go back to Charlotte. Let's go, Gavin. That'd be fun. A little friendly friendly competition. Raise the uh, play level of everybody on the team. I like that, Tony. Um, All right. And I like your pick there. I have not picked this gentleman since he returned from the injured list. So it's one Mr. Tim Anderson leadoff man. Hashtag set the tone. That's why I picked a click for the series opener in Anaheim. And my final thought is, I mean, I agree with you. I just want to have fun this week. I want to have fun. But I've been asking for it. We wanted them to make a statement after that, like, Yankee series. There's been a few junctures where they really could have. Make a statement. Well, make a statement this week. Go beat Otani on Wednesday. Please do so. And over the weekend, when hopefully you face, I don't know what the Giants uh, rotation is looking like, but if you face Carlos Rodon, absolutely shell him. Shell him. Make statements in those ways. So that's what I want to see. So Rodon's throwing Tuesday. Uh, I believe the Giants have two off days this week. Um, if he goes on normal rest, that's lining up for Sunday. Mm. Um, however, the rotation would have him throwing on Monday, I believe, gotcha. uh, All right. from what well, I heard. But if they do face him. Yeah. Shalom. Shalom. Absolutely. And strike out your Mercedes like a bunch of times since apparently he got called up there too. Yes, and uh, you know, maybe, you know, do something, uh, you know, Mike Trout's always a candidate to be in the highlight reel. Well, make the highlight reel against him. Make, make him uh, looking back over that center field wall as Gavin Sheets puts one into that. Can we get Bill Walton on the call? There. Yeah, I know we should. That'd be, that'd be fun. That's, I mean, that is where our end phrase came from, Tony. So, yes, it is. 
Yeah. So speaking of that, that's all we've got. Thanks for tuning in to Sox on Tap. Make sure you visit ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can give us a follow on social media at Sox on Tap at ONTAP Sports. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can join the conversation here. Um, we can feature your comments on the broadcast in real time. Tony, that's it for this episode of Socks on Tap Sunday Funday. Until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox forever.